Welcome to the Hey Dad Podcast, a conversation where you join David and Reese at the table as they talk about the many questions of life, whether you're in the car, at the gym, or just distracting yourself from being productive. Why don't you pull up a chair? We're glad you're here. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hey Dad Podcast, where you join us as we talk about the many questions of life. I'm Reese Maxwell. I'm David Maxwell. We are a father and son from Jackson, Mississippi, uh, who've always been able to have and tended to have long, random, deep talks. Uh, Yes, which I think uh, many of the other members of the family sometimes would just walk away or sit on their phones. Or make fun of us. Yes. uh, As we're randomly sitting in the kitchen talking about something that nobody else would care about. Exactly. But uh, we just want to be able to invite you into these conversations as we talk about things that are relevant for youth, young adults, and people that are just wanting to grow in their lives. Yeah, I agree. Um, But before we jump in, we want to talk about a random question of the day. What is your favorite movie you've seen recently? Oh, gosh. Recently? Gosh, I haven't been to the movies a lot lately. Uh, The last one I think I saw was the Spider-Man, is it Far From Home? No Way Home. No Way Home. That's it. (laughs) And uh, it was very good, actually. Yeah. I liked it. I, I was liked very, it too. very happy with it. it. It didn't try to get all messagey. It was just a good superhero movie. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people say, well, it's not realistic. Well, it's a Marvel movie. I, I'm not going to Marvel movies looking for realism. I want a good time. I agree. Um, although the ending, the ending kind of gets you emotional. It does. I uh, won't spoil it in case yeah. you haven't seen it. We're not going to give anything away. But uh, at the end, you're like, uh <laughs> yeah, it kind of it kind of punches you in the gut a little bit. So I, I think that was a really good one. Um, I would yeah. I would probably just copy your answer to be honest, because that's mm-hmm. the best one I've seen in a while. Yeah. Um, from what I saw an interview with Tom Holland, where somebody he didn't even know this, but the guy said that they're twenty million away from beating Avatar. That movie wow. is so. Most of the people listening to this, I'm pretty sure have seen that movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's doing so. really if, well. If they're making that much money. Now, we did see, um, I did see one that was good. It was called Bell. Mm. And it was an anime. Okay. And it's, it's kind of an anime take on Beauty and the Beast. Hmm. And it was very well done. Yeah. It was very, uh, very anime style. But yeah. it, was, it was cool the way they brought a lot of it together. And I enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, me and the two other people in the whole theater who were watching it. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was good. And just so just for context for everyone listening, we like going to the movies. Uh, we do. Going to the movies is so fun. It's a unique experience. A lot of people don't go anymore. And so it kind of makes it better for people like us because the theaters are never crowded and we can get those ideal like middle in the middle seats. Yep. Middle of the middle. And now they've got the seats that recline, they're yep. leather. Yep. I'm I'm set. Yeah. And so it's it's a good time for me. Oh yeah. I'm a hundred percent with you on that. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and move into the topic of the day, which is understanding your own thoughts and feelings. Mm, that's uh, good. So we've been discussing insecurity uh this this month and we've been kind of going section by section talking about, you know, what's not the solution and ultimately unconditional love is what we're after. And so today we're going to talk about processing your own thoughts and feelings, which we don't know how to do very well. Uh, Because there's an epidemic of anxiety in our world today. 
uh, we actually saw this statistic by the CDC that says between August 2020 and February 2021, the percentage of adults with symptoms of anxiety or depressive disorder has increased from 36.4% to 41.5%. And the increases were largest among young adults, ages 18 to 29. So clearly, things have gotten pretty crazy. 41%, like 41% is almost half of all young adults dealing with symptoms of anxiety. And I know I've dealt with things like that before. And and that can be a scary place to be. Yeah, and I think if you look... The, the, a lot of the people who are young adults have never really gone through a lot of crises. Right. You know, we haven't had major wars. We haven't had big events like that. And I think that the pandemic was that mm. for a lot of the people. They, they never had anything that was kind of earth changing, you know, as far as changing everything. And so I think for them, it was hard for them to figure out, what do I do with this? How, yeah. do, I, how do I do this? And they were probably never taught how to deal with anxiety. Yeah. And it has been, I mean, just when you look at the trends, it started spiking up in like some somewhere around 2007 or eight. Mm-hmm. And it just started going like really, really intensely and just increase, increase, increase. Yeah. So even before, like this obviously made it worse, yeah. but it was a problem beforehand. So there's something that we're just not learning to do. Uh, something we're not, something that's not clicking yeah. In in my generation. Well, and, and if you look, 07 is about when smartphones started coming out. Mm. And I'm not trying to make them the bad guy, but I think they brought out a lot of things and caused a lot of people to... Because, you know, with smartphones, you know what's happening all over the place. That's true. And I think there's a lot of that that puts pressure on you. Mm-hmm. How come you're not like... How come you're not doing this? And how yeah. come you're not doing that? So I think a lot of that pressure is, is what that generation is feeling. Yeah. That's true. And I know you do coaching for men mm-hmm. and you kind of help guys reach their full potential. But I think a topic that you discuss is relevant for men or women, young or old. Uh, it's something that you describe as the inward journey. So I wonder if you could explain that to us a little bit. Yeah, the inward journey is really when a person begins to figure themselves out. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean it in a narcissistic Everything is about me. Mm -hmm. Our society has plenty of that. I'm talking about where a person really begins to understand their own thoughts and feelings, why they think the way they do, Mm -hmm. why they have the mindset they do, kind of, you know, what were their strengths and weaknesses, and even looking at how they were raised. You know, some people think that, well, the way I was raised is how everybody was raised. And it's not until sometimes they get around other people and they start talking, they figure out, Oh wait, your home didn't do that. Yeah, y- y'all didn't do that, and and so I think there's a there's a way for each person to kind of figure that out and begin to look at what was the good. Yeah, what was the bad? What would I change? What do I need to keep? Yeah, and I think delving into that, and then some people just have stuff that happened to them, trauma. Um, it could be big, it could be little, mm-hmm. it could be you know something like bullying. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, and, and people say, you're just blaming your childhood. No, you're not blaming, but that affected you. Yeah. You know, if you were sexually abused as a child, if you were rejected as a child, if you were bullied as a child, you coped with that. And how you coped a lot of times is how you're living now and you don't even realize it. Yeah. And a lot of men, what they do is they say, oh, that stuff didn't bother me. Well, no, it really did. You've just learned how to live with it 
but it's affecting how you live. It's affecting your relationships. And until you go in and kind of figure that out, mm -hmm. and that came out of my journey, um, I had to, it wasn't until I was 30 when I, I dealt with a lot of things in my life that happened to me. Uh, I was sexually abused as a child, parents divorced when I was young, these things happened. And I just thought it was no big deal. But mm -hmm. it wasn't until I began to really dig down and figure this stuff out because I didn't know how to do it. No one had taught me. Yeah. And I think a lot of men are in that position and probably a lot of women today too. Yeah. They're carrying all this extra stuff and yeah. they don't know what to do with it. So their anxiety just increases. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember there's an illustration you use that I really like. You call it mirror time. Mm -hmm. And when you look in a mirror, you're not seeing things as better than they are and you're not seeing things as worse than they are. Because yeah. I think some people would think to themselves, oh, I don't want to go on the inward journey because I'm going to see stuff I don't like, which may be true, but it, the inward journey doesn't mean, all right, you got to be more hard on yourself. Yeah. Because like for me, um, I'm contend towards perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And so I would be like, oh, the inward journey means I really got to just look at all my flaws and get yeah. better. But sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes it's realizing like, oh, well, I'm harder on myself than I need to be. I wonder why that is. Yeah. And and kind of being able to set yourself free or or become free. It reminds me of what Jesus said. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm -hmm. You get to actually just look at reality. So the inward journey is not like, oh, beat yourself up because you're terrible. Yeah. It's a thing of let's just look at reality, learn from it and grow from it. And that's something, like you said, we struggle with doing today. Yeah. And I think we... A lot of times we just avoid it. So and and with the all the media options out there, you never have to have time to really think. That's uh, true. You can. There's always something you can binge watch. Your phone, you know, uh, TikTok, the addiction of TikTok mm -hmm. or Reels can just sit there and you can just scroll for an hour and go, oh, what have I done this last mm -hmm. hour? It's so easy to do, mm -hmm. and I think it's so easy to just let that kind of carry you away. Yeah. I think you're right. And and I think of things like uh, there was a joke that said, like, you know, you were a millennial or something like that whenever you used to have to go to the bathroom. And <laughs> whenever you pooped, you had to look at like the back of a random shampoo bottle <laughs> Yeah, because you were bored. You, just, yeah. you didn't have anything to do. You just sitting there. there nothing yeah. To do. yeah. And uh, and I think that's exactly right, because now you don't have that problem. You no, just bring be your phone. To me, it'd be funny to, to see the statistics of how many phones get dropped in a toilet in a year. I'm not going to lie. I've dropped I've dropped a phone in a toilet before. Yeah, I, I, I've done I'm it. sure almost everybody has. I've done it. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, going to the bathroom used to be time where you're just sitting there. Yeah. But you don't have that anymore. No. Uh, a shower, like when you take a shower, you can have music playing because you yeah. got your Bluetooth speaker or whatever going. Mm -hmm. Um, when you're driving, you know, it's not like a thing of, I hope the radio's got something good. You yeah. can play whatever you want. Yeah. I can't thank the last time I've listened to a radio. Yeah. I mean, it's my phone is everything when I drive. Exactly. And, and I think the phone has taken any time that you could have sat there and thought mm -hmm. and realized like, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of feeling anxious or something like that. You know, yeah. uh, those times are kind of been taken away. Yeah, I talk to men about contemplation, and I think that's something we've lost today. Yeah. The ability to just sit and think, mm -hmm. the ability to kind of process, mm -hmm. you know, what's going on in our lives. And I think sometimes we're scared of that we because are. it's like, 
in a way, we're using entertainment to run away from those feelings. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you feel bad about yourself, you obviously don't want to feel that. Yeah. So let's watch a show or let's play a game or let's, you know, see what other people are doing on social media or whatever. We're almost mm-hmm. scared of silence. I uh, think so. And it's more than just scared of being bored. That's part of it for yeah. sure. Yeah. But some of it's scared that if we're not entertained, if we're not doing something, then all those things might come up and, and that anxiety or whatever might hit us. And so like, it's almost a good question to ask like if you just went outside for an hour with Mm -hmm. no phone net no tech nothing to occupy you no book no nothing could you just sit would you be okay yeah or would you start freaking out start getting frustrated and thinking i gotta do this i gotta do that or you know beating yourself up or whatever could you just sit there and be content and and for most of us the answer would probably be no yeah And, and that is that's a scary place to be almost. Like if you can't just spend an hour just being. Yeah. And right? I think for a lot of people, if they don't really think about their life, are they really living their life? Mm. You know, are, are they really having a life that's worth living? Or are you just kind of going from entertainment to entertainment to entertainment? And yep. it's hard. I mean, I can't say that I could just go sit in my backyard for an hour. Um, I built a fire a couple months ago and I have a fire pit in my backyard and I went and sat out there and I was by myself. And honestly, it just felt weird. Mm-hmm. You know, it was hard for me to relax mm-hmm. and just be with the fire. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, okay, this is not, you know, because I was like, maybe I could put some music on or do something. And, and I just, it was hard for me to think like that. Yeah. And I think you just said something very important. It's hard to relax. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that's part of it. We yeah. don't know how to relax. Mm, that's good. We, we don't know how to relax. So we try and get media to do it for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's you part know. of our relaxation strategy. Mm-hmm. And and again, it's not, I'm not blaming media. It's not media's fault. We like media. Just yeah. throwing it out there. We're movie people. We're it's, show people. But it's a tool. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to become your purpose. Mm-hmm. You want it to just be something you use, but not something that controls you mm-hmm. or becomes your drug of choice. To yep. escape from the realities of life. You're right. And the truth is, is that if we don't have time to reflect, if we don't get that mirror time, mm-hmm. if, if we don't get that that inward journey time, the time to just be, those feelings that are driving us to do all this stuff are going to end up be- controlling us behind the scenes. Yeah. And we won't even know it. Kind of like what you said, something from your past mm-hmm. that you that you've never really faced is going to, you know, change the way that you treat people. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, they, when they, when they begin to look at their life and they see those things, then they begin to realize, why am I the way I am? Mm -hmm. They begin to, oh, my insecurity is coming from this. You know, I was always trying to one up someone else. I was always trying to get attention. So I've kind of lived my life that way. Right. Right. And, and whenever you face those things, it can kind of set you free. Yeah, it can. Um, it, it, it really can. Like I know like in my life personally, um, a big thing that was causing me insecurity, and I didn't even know it until recently, was just the way I viewed God. Mm-hmm. I viewed God as a dad who was disappointed. And we talked a little bit about this last episode. Yeah, we did. Uh, and you never treated me like that. It was just no. my impression from, I guess, from church. Mm-hmm. Is I always thought, you know, all right, God's perfect, so you better be perfect. Yeah. And so I tried to be perfect. And whenever I wasn't perfect, I was like, oh, I got to punish myself so God doesn't. Yeah. You know, I got to push myself hard or else yeah. God's going to do it. 
I got to humble myself or else God's going to humble me, you know? And so I had like that mentality of trying to constantly outrun my own imperfections, which is impossible. Yeah, you can't do it. And and God had never put that on me in the first place. Yeah, you put it on yourself. I did. Mm -hmm. I did. And so if I had never been able to take time to realize that if God, mm-hmm. if I hadn't, didn't, there was no space for God to reveal that to me. Yeah. Then I wouldn't be where I am today. And I'm not perfect, but my goodness, I'm glad that I can at least see that that was there. Well, and it's, it's, there's a lot of people who have imperfections. They have things that they're trying to do. And, and that's just because of your nature. Yeah. But that's not wrong. That's just who you are. And I think that's the point. Like for me, the thing that helped me just as a practical was journaling. I started journaling right around 30, uh, was kind of taught how to do it. And that's when I began to discover what I think, what I feel. Mm-hmm. I don't sit there and cry and, and all this stuff. Sometimes I have, but you know, it, it's just writing it out. I don't mm-hmm. show it to people. I really don't go back and reread it. It's just a matter of me processing thoughts and feelings. And I continue it today. I still journal. I don't journal every day, yeah. but I journal regularly. Yeah, And it helps me kind of figure that out and have that contemplation time built into my life. Yeah. It's almost like taking that inward journey helps you to accept the love of God. Like we talked in the last episode, we're all ultimately looking for the unconditional love, which can only come from God. Uh, But as you walk that journey, you begin to accept it. You begin to realize that the good news is good news, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, the truth is no one in the Bible was perfect, but Jesus. And that's why he had to come. Yeah. And you realize that your own imperfections. And I think part of your thoughts and feelings is when you come to a place where you understand this is what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at this and be okay with that. That's we good. don't have to be great at everything. Yep. There's some things we're just not going to be good at, mm-hmm. but that's okay. It's almost like, it takes away the power that it holds over you. Mm-hmm. I think so. Like I think we we all have had things where like something that's our weakness, we take personally. Yeah. And we're yeah. like, oh man, I'm terrible because fill in the blank. Like yeah. I'm not, like a girl may say, I'm not as pretty as she is, mm-hmm. so I'm terrible. Yeah. Or a guy might say, oh, I'm not as buff as he is, yeah. so I'm terrible. Or, you know, oh, this person's popular and I'm not, so I'm terrible. But the truth is when you come to God and you start walking through that inward journey, I mean, I can say, like for me personally, I am, I am a skinny dude. Like I'm, I'm not gonna walk around like the walk, the walk, the walk. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I am a skinny dude. Uh, I'm not gonna walk around like the rock. Yeah. I, I'm just not gonna be that. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. But you have to process that too for that to be okay. Yeah. You know or it'll I mean? it'll be a weight that always motivates you to try, and you'll be driven and won't even know why. Exactly. And, and driven's a good word. Mm-hmm. Because it's not saying you're driving, you're being driven. Yep. That's, yeah. You're being driven by something that really you don't have to be. It's almost it's, like a slave driver. It is. And, and you, you're like the horse that's pulling the cart and you're getting whipped from behind. You're like, I got to keep going. I yeah. got to try harder. And nobody wants to do that. Yeah. So I think that's how a lot of people live their life. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and so we don't want to do that, obviously. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the process. It's mm-hmm. obviously going to take time. It's obviously going to be a journey. Yeah. How do we have patience in the process? How do we, how do we understand this journey better? This this inward journey that you talk about. Yeah, I think it's it's understanding that nothing changes overnight. It takes time. It takes a process. It takes help. 
Um, you may need to meet with someone, uh, maybe find a good counselor, therapist, uh, mentor, someone who can kind of help guide you. That's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing. Yeah. Um, and, and that helps you kind of figure those things out, find those things that work for you. Like for me, it's journaling. Some people might be going for a walk. Some people might just be sitting quietly, having some, you know, soft music playing or something. I don't know. But you want to find those things that help you. Like I tell men all the time that counseling is really just mental and emotional coaching. Yeah. So it gives that, you know, it's not you laying on a couch and crying, but yeah. it's a guy who kind of coaches you how to do something and helps yeah. you in that. And that's what we want to do is is find those people who can help us and be okay with that because it could be a short term. It doesn't have to be, you know, for the rest of your life. You go to someone and they help you process through a few things. You learn how to do that better. Yeah. And I think that makes us better and be okay with it takes time. Yeah, I agree. I think getting people in your corner is very important. Mm -hmm. um, but for those of you who either already have somebody in your corner or... Uh, you know, it's going to take time to find that person. Yeah. We wanted to recommend a couple resources for you. Uh, Dad, if you want to talk about the first one. Yeah, there's um, Henry Cloud is a great author. Um, he wrote a book called Boundaries and a zillion other books. But he has a website, boundaries.me. And it's it's a membership site, but I think it's like 10 bucks a month. And it has courses and things to help you do that. It's, it's kind of like, uh, for lack of a better word, cheap counseling. That's a good point. Um, it's it's him. He's literally like he, a, he's a psychologist or something, yeah, right? Yeah, he either teaches it himself or has people he knows teach. And it's just really good because it's kind of like a Netflix of things to work through. Yeah. So if you're dealing with something, Boundaries.me has a course that can help you. Everything from individual stuff to marriage stuff, all kinds of stuff, parenting, whatever yeah. you want, it's on there. Yeah. And if, uh, if you're anything like me and... You want to be able to get to a point where your relationship with God, or either you want to begin it on the right foot, uh, or you have been kind of stuck in that religious mindset, and you want to be able to walk in freedom and realize what God really has called you to, there's a fantastic book called Grace Walk. Uh, if you go look it up on Amazon, Grace Walk, it's by a guy named Steve McVie, mm -hmm. and uh, it's really good. Now, I, I'm going to admit, if you look at the cover... It looks like it's from the early 2000s. Yeah, it's old. It, it looks cheesy, but it is so good. It really is. Whenever I started trying to take notes in it, I was writing like every other sentence, so I had to stop. <laughs> uh, but it is fantastic. Buy that book, get a highlighter, and let God change your life through it. Yeah. Because he did it for me and for you. Yeah. You're the one who introduced yeah, it to me. It was me. a great book. So, so good. First question, I have a friend who isn't good for me, and I don't know how to end that friendship without it getting ugly. I'm scared of that. What do I do? Hmm. It's a, it's a hard question. Um, I think part of it for you is if you know this person is not good for you, and it may be that they're getting you to do things you don't want to do, or they're influencing you, uh, you got to find ways to spend less time with them. I think you're right. And I think that can be a first step. Mm -hmm. And you may have to have a conversation. And the conversation doesn't have to blame them. I think what the conversation does is you saying, I want to make some changes in my life. 
I don't want to do this and this anymore mm. and see what they do with that, because they may say, well, I want to keep doing that. And then you all go through, well, I'm not going to do that with you. Maybe we can still hang out in this because if it's a friend who you enjoy being around, you just don't want to do like if you go bar hop, you know, they go bar hopping and they want you to go and you always end up going with them and you regret it later. Then you say, I don't want to go bar hopping anymore. Mm -hmm. So that means y'all may spend less time together. Yeah, um, I think that's one. And I think, too, you want to find those who you do want to spend time with, because a lot of people stay in groups that aren't good for them because they're lonely. And I think you need to find those things to replace those friends with so you don't get that lonely feeling and that pulls you back into the group. No, it's true. And there is such a thing as healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. They do exist, I promise. Yeah, they do. Uh, I have many great friends who make me better. Yeah. And and you can find those people too. Uh, you can find them based around your interests even. I mean, I know for us, for our church, we're doing a group that's called Appetizers and Anime. Yep. And uh, it's literally we eat food, we watch anime, and then afterwards we talk about life. And uh, man, I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah, I, can't I like wait. it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so finding things like it, spending time with friends that are good for you isn't just sitting in a room and crying together. Yeah. You can go out to eat. You can go hang out. You and and enjoy those things yeah but with people that make you better um but i everything that you said was true i mean i love the thing about spending a little bit less time with them mm -hmm. and having that honest conversation of like hey i'm trying to make changes yeah um so that's good uh the next question and this is an easy one star wars or lord of the rings well for me it's got to be i'm a lord of the rings fan i mean i grew up watching star wars i love star wars but Lord of the Rings just to me is is one of the greatest. I think it's the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest movies series of all time. Um, the story is so deep. I, I just love it. Yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Easy. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, if you're like, oh, well, I think it's probably close. No. Um, Star <laughs> Wars has messed up literally half their movies. True. If you notice that, like the, the first trilogy, everybody's like, oh, it's legendary. The prequels, everyone's like, oh, gosh, those are terrible. Or, yeah. you know, there's like, you know, probably 25% that are like, they're pretty good. And then the most recent trilogy that Disney did, people hated it so much that they said it made the prequels look good. Yeah. So, like, if you make nine movies that are based on these Jedi and only three of them are agreed upon to be good. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings, each of those movies is a masterpiece. It is. Each you, one. You can still watch them today. They hold... Yeah. They were just great. Yeah. I, what, we usually watch them once a year. Yeah. Like we have like the annual tradition of watching all three in a weekend because we you got to. You can't you can't just watch one and then wait forever. Yeah. All right. Final question. It's somebody who's apparently going to be getting married. They said, I'm going to get married soon. What would you recommend for a honeymoon? It's an mm. important question. It is. I think, I mean, as far as what you do. As far as where you go and stuff, I think that depends on what kind of personality uh, you and your future wife have. But I would recommend doing something where y'all spend time together. Um, if you go on a busy honeymoon, you're going to be doing stuff all the time. Right. Where like, like I know people who go to Disney and that's cool, especially if you're a big Disney fan. Mm -hmm. But every day you're going to be going, yeah, going, going. And to me, a honeymoon is about spending time together. Mm -hmm. And if you want to find a vacation, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, going down to the Caribbean, taking a cruise, 
you know, doing something to where you're doing a lot of just you time, mm-hmm. you know, where it's just you as a couple, mm-hmm. not a bunch of people, um, because it's the beginning of a new relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like what you said, because uh, the truth is after a wedding, you're exhausted. Oh, yeah. You're tired. You're you, you just want to do nothing. Yeah. At least that was me, mm-hmm. you know. And my wife and I went on a cruise. Uh, Celebrity is is the name of the cruise line. I highly recommend them because they're more of an adult cruise. So, you know, sometimes if you go on one that's made for families, there's going to be a ton of kids around 24-7. Yeah. This yeah. one was not like that. It was great. My wife had never been on a cruise. And that was her first one. And, man, she loved it. She loved yeah. it because uh, it was relaxed. Yeah. It was relaxed and everything was included. You know, we could go eat whenever, whatever. If we wanted to get two two entrees and three desserts, we could. Um, they gave us a bread basket each night. We ate two of them each night. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I like, I would recommend getting stuff where it's relaxed. And if you can, staying at a place where it's all inclusive. So you're not having to worry about money. Yeah, every yeah. little thing. And, and also, I think one of the things for, for a couple... If you like go on a cruise, you can, as soon as you get on the ship, I learned this when my wife was a cruise agent, you can go to the maitre d' and ask for a table for two. Mm. And if you want to just sit together, yeah, you know, which for your honeymoon, it's all about you two. To me, it's not all about everybody else. It's about what do you want? Now, some people may hate a cruise. They may go to a cabin in Gatlinburg. And that's cool. That's great. You just want to do something that's just you two and that's special for you two because you're beginning making memories as a couple. Mm-hmm. And those memories are very important. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so as long as you're with the other person and the, the goal is connecting, it's good. Yeah. And it's not about spending a lot of money. You mm-hmm. don't have to try and impress people with your honeymoon because it's not about them. No. It's about you two and what you want. Exactly. But that's about all the time we have for today. Uh, you guys have a wonderful week and thank you for joining us on the Hey Dad Podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Hey Dad Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, subscribe so you don't miss any new content. We'd also love for you to rate and leave a review and help us get the word out to more people. If these talks are making your life better, we ask that you share them with someone else. If you have any questions for us or anything going on in your life you want an opinion on, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at questions at heydad.us or send us a message on our Instagram page at the Hey Dad Podcast. Join us next week. We'll have a chair waiting for you.